This is the John Oakley Show podcast. On a great day for talk radio, by the way, the Jody Wilson-Raybould thing, it's become uh, increasingly sensitive, I guess, for the liberals insofar as uh, what do they do? Do they kick her out of caucus? Uh, Does she come back in if she, what, uh, apologizes, wears the hair shirt? I don't think that's going to happen, but Gerald Butts has tabled his own series of texts and emails suggesting that uh, she was feeling very threatened, the cabinet shuffle that she anticipated, and uh, it was getting rather ominous that uh, she saw where this was all leading. And uh, seems like, well, they're trying to position it now that uh, she in turn was threatening them. Ooh, it's gotten juicy. I'm just not sure that uh, the caucus or the party are going to win this one in the court of public opinion, but we'll ask you here shortly. However, on this matter that we've been addressing to this point when it comes to this uh, recent report out from, well, the government of Canada released it to coincide yesterday, I guess, with the uh, rollout of the carbon tax in four rebel provinces. It was commissioned by Environment and Climate Change Canada, saying that since 48, Canada's average annual temperature over land has warmed 1.7 degrees Celsius, higher rates in the north, the prairies in northern B.C., and if uh, unmitigated or unabated, it would actually lead by the end of the century to an increase of 6.3 degrees Celsius, worst-case scenario. What are we to make of all of this? Of course, uh, when we've got an economy that would be impacted to fight aggressively climate change, uh, we have to weigh the two in the balance. And that's that was my question to you. If uh, somehow we can reconcile economic prosperity with aggressively fighting climate change, is it an either-or situation? Joe Oliver is a former PC finance minister who recently visited the developing world, Papua One New Guinea, and uh, he has some insights that he put forth in a piece in the Financial Post. Joe joins us now to tell us what he found. Good to have you back in the Oakley Show, Joe. Good afternoon. Great to be with you, John. Great to be with you. Well, you know, the interesting thing with this climate change, as I just mentioned, you know, this uh, report that came out, I don't know if you've seen it or read it. Have you? Yes, yes, I have. And I I want to make a couple of comments, if I could. Mm. Um, You know, the, the... the the uh, report was was fairly selective in the in the starting date, uh, and that uh, it, they started in 1948, and that showed uh, approximately 0.24 degrees uh, Celsius increase uh, every decade. If they had started in 1939, or if they'd gone back to 1919, just to, to pick two two other dates, uh, it would have shown an increase of 0. One degree. So where they started uh, was was uh, pretty critical, and it gave a kind of a doomsday uh, sort of look about it. When uh, uh, that's just where they they happened to start. Now I'm not saying they necessarily manipulated it. I think it was because there wasn't as much data in the polar region. That's how that's where they happened to start. But the the point is uh, where you start is 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 pretty critical. Now. It was somewhat nor, uh, warmer in the north. It was actually cooler in some regions, and it depended on on the individual months uh, in uh, you know in the south where where the increase uh, uh, may have happened or may have there actually may have been a, a, a decline. Uh, we know that um, if you look at the data in the Maritimes, the, the increase was was much less. So um, there's really nothing, however to do with our own behavior in all this. Well, wait a minute. Uh, Uh, Let me say that the document uh, says warming in Canada has been the result of both human activity and natural variations in the climate. The human factor is dominant, especially emissions of greenhouse gases, they say. 
Okay, well, 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 I was I was narrowing my comment to Canada. The the to the extent that there's an increase in GHG emissions globally, that's of course a global uh, phenomenon, and Canada's contribution to that is 1.6 percent. So it's it's sort of minuscule. Um, also, in the in the Arctic, uh, there is no increase uh, in GHG emissions by by human beings it's it's basically it's basically empty so this is a a global phenomenon so it has nothing by itself uh, to do with with uh, with our uh, behavior and uh you know the question therefore is is whether given all those facts and when they started and so on um whether the projections are um, are are exaggerated and I, I guess what i'd have to say is that you know the un the international energy agency the world wildlife fund have, have all made predictions um about uh, imminent doom i mean the 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 international energy agency seven years ago said we had five years um, the World Wildlife Fund said uh, 11 years ago we had five years. Uh, I mean, they're, they're constantly making uh, predictions about temperature, about polar bears, about islands sinking into the sea, about extreme weather, none of which have come true. All right, so what you're basically so, saying... I guess what I, I... If I could just finish this point. So if the predictions are never true, you have to come to the conclusion that we don't know everything there is to know about climatology and therefore i think we should be a little more modest in what we think is going to happen in the future right uh because a lot of this is predicated on computer models which have shown themselves to be fallible in the past uh, as well when you say uh, by the way uh this counters what's being reported here that you know extreme weather conditions lead to more floods more wildfires uh sea levels rising you write well, in your op-ed piece extreme weather events have not increased according to the ipcc so i mean well, no no yes that's right that's exactly what what they said and also the Environment Canada said uh, that there are not there. There's actually fewer extreme rainfalls and urban flooding. Joe, I got to hang on to you for a second here. Down. Let me let me come back to you because I want to uh, really drill down on the developing world and where we're going with this. Because I mean, economies are being impacted, uh, and that might say uh, something important in terms of you know the existential threat and uh, how far we're willing to fight it. When you think of all these people languishing in poverty, can we uh, come back to your op-ed piece specifically in just a moment? Sure. Okay, Joe Oliver on the line, former PC finance minister. We'll continue with that in a moment here on the Oakley Show. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.